Hey, everyone, and welcome to We Gotta Talk. If you're new to the show, this is an issues-based podcast for curious people who want to see both sides of the story. I'm Sunny, an Emmy-nominated and AP award-winning TV journalist whose true passion in life is asking questions, talking to literally anyone about really anything. Join me each week as we dig in on one topic from every angle and walk away with a new perspective that just might change your life. Now... Let's talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We Gotta Talk. This is a solo episode, and I'm so glad you're with us. We took a little bit of a break from the guests because, uh, you know... Um, it's getting crazy around here. The elf is back in our house. Buddy is back. And, uh, you know, you got to start, you got to start to get creative with, um, Christmas as your kids get so kids get older. We're at eight, seven and four. And I feel like we're in the prime time of, of believing, which is great. And I'm wondering how much longer this is going to last, but we are in full blown, elf mode around here, which I never thought I'd be one of those parents who really embrace, who really embrace that because it's kind of creepy. It gives me big brother vibes because we're always referencing the elf watching and it makes me feel like I'm going to give my kids some sort of a complex about like constantly being over hyper aware of their actions, but it's a great discipline tool. And so he's been back. He was hanging by some tinsel yesterday. I, he, I should say, Um, he himself ended up in the stockings today with some glow sticks. He hit the um, electric daisy fest apparently last night. So he's been really living it up around here. And they were so thrilled this morning to wake up. And every time we put in like a little prop or some sort of like little situation for him to be in, it's, it's worth it. It's worth all of the long nights of trying to figure out, not long nights, really. Andrew does it most of the time, to be honest. But it's worth all the planning. I actually ended up getting one of those kits finally on Etsy. And it includes an elf activity per day. So shout out to the person who came out with that idea. It is just incredible. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, spilled calamine lotion all over my floors today as I was getting ready. So that's great. There's nothing that's going to make a, a school morning go more smoothly than dripping medicine all down your cabinets. Um, So yeah, things have been going good around here. Just a quick life update, and then we're going to get into some news. We're going to try something fun in this solo episode today. Um, I know that listeners here are like part beauty uh, enthusiasts, part news people. Um, I actually have a blend of both men and women that listen here. So um, I'm going to try something fun in this solo episode. We're going to go through some headlines together and look and react together. Just going to pop open my daily mail app and we're going to just dish on some uh, current events, pop culture and news things that are happening. But just a little bit of an update in the meantime um, to let you guys know what's going on here. Let's see what else is new. Oh, I'm full blown dance mom now. So that's great. My daughter, my seven year old is in a dance company and I don't know why I didn't believe that that TV show was real when it was on. I was thinking to myself, surely this is some sort of an exaggeration about the time commitment <laughs> and the drama involved. I shouldn't say that. Our studio is wonderful. However, the time commitment is pretty freaking intense. Um, multiple times of practice per week. We had a like a parade this past weekend that she marched in that we were there for a full five hours between 
prepping and practicing and arriving early and three costume changes and three different dances. It was a it was a total production in every sense of the word. But, you know, you just do this when you're a parent. You do stuff that you never thought you would do, like dedicate hours and hours and hours and hours of your life to helping your kids do these activities that make them so happy. So I just really, I'm adjusting. I always say with my my friends, the adjustment is not for her. She loves the activity. She loves the dance. She she told me the other day, she told her sister, she's like, oh, my heart just comes alive on stage. It's adorable and it's darling, but geez, the commitment that it takes to get her there and get her all dolled up every time there's a performance, it's a thing. It's a real thing. So we've been doing a lot of that lately, kids' activities, getting ready for Santa, getting ready for the holiday, um, and, and that's it. So let's pop open some news things. I wanted to mention right off the top, we're going to... um. I asked you guys an interesting question yesterday on Instagram about uh, the recent school shooting in Michigan, and I got some really good answers. You guys are really, really, um, you're thoughtful, you're nuanced, your perspectives are varied. And so I guess we can start off with that story, and then we'll pop into the Daily Mail app, and we're just going to look together. We're going to be surprised together at the news of the day, and we're going to react, and it's going to be great. But first, let's lead off, not to take a hard left turn here, but with that school shooting, Ethan Crumbly accused of giant giant asterisk there. He killed four people. Let's just call it what it is at his um, school in Michigan. His parents are currently being charged. But I came across a really interesting article yesterday on Newsweek.com that was all about the potential for school administrators and teachers to be charged. Now, in all fairness, this article on Newsweek was not suggesting that that was definitively going to happen, but it introduced the idea of... um school officials potentially facing charges and do we think that that's a justifiable thing let me pop open the um the article real quick and you guys can kind of get the idea of what the question was before we start. Um, As outrage builds over Ethan Crumbly's parents, could Oxford school officials face charges? So um, apparently, according to Newsweek, people are calling for a full investigation into the high school's response to this recent shooting that left four people dead. Um, the, The basic, the broad brushstrokes here are that he was caught researching ammunition on his phone in school, which was promptly reported by the either teacher or administrator who saw it. And he also was seen um, drawing a graphic picture depicting violence and talking about how the the voices in his head or something to that effect won't end and um, blood everywhere and blah, blah, blah. So this was all reported by the school to the parents who apparently had little to no reaction. Let's just call it what it is with those parents, just assholes. Um, And they were also, by the way, the people who bought him a weapon, um, which you probably already know by now. And um, I think it's the DA in, in Michigan there that's handling the case came out with some pretty compelling evidence to suggest that the weapon that was used in the crime even though the parents might try to say was bought for them, um, was referred to on social media as a gift for her son, yada, yada. I believe the response when 
she was contacted about his uh, strange behavior and drawings and things in school was LOL. Oh, no, no, no. Here's what it was. He was researching the ammunition and the teacher or the administrator reported to the parent. The parent's reaction, the mom's reaction to her son then was just be better at hiding it. Now, this is what we're dealing with in our society today. Anyway, I found this uh, just a really, really, really interesting perspective. So a little bit of personal background here. I, I'm really interested in stories as they pertain to educators and teachers because my dad was a teacher for 30 plus years and it doesn't take long, any length of time being around a teacher to understand how, how hard their jobs are. Um, you're contending with, as is a prime example with this shooting, um, an entire belief system that these children are going home to every day, things that they're being taught that you're not in control of, you can have an impact. I, I firmly believe, and I've seen students who've come back and knocked on our door growing up years and years in a row, thanking my dad for impacting him, impacting them in a positive way. But I, I really feel like there's only so much you can do when kids are going back home to that type of environment or to a type of environment that doesn't encourage learning or doesn't encourage positive things. So I asked you yesterday on Instagram, what, if any, culpability should administrators and teachers have in school shootings? And uh, I'm going to read you some of the responses. The first one said, see something, say something. My aunt lives in Michigan and told me she heard many students stayed home from school that day because they heard the day before that there was going to be a shooting. I would love to know about this side note. If anybody out there is in Michigan or in that area, and has any perspective on whether or not that's true that these rumors were going around um, beforehand, um, drop me a line. It should not be 100% on teachers, in my opinion, she says, but I do think they have an obligation to report something if they see or hear it, which is true. And this was someone who had some experience in the school system. So I asked her um, what she thinks needs to be done because she was of the opinion that there's more to be done when it comes to the involvement of school districts and um their interaction with parents when it comes to preventing shootings. And she says, quote, that's a multifaceted question um, to start a town hall meeting with all parents and admin mentoring programs, zero tolerance, involved administrators, because some just sit on their butts. I could go on and on and on. Um, and then she also references how gun laws, um, of course, impact the access, the, the accessibility, um, the ability for these young children or these these kids to get their hands on weapons also has a massive impact. Um, okay, I'm just going to go on, then I'm going to give you my thoughts. Uh, the other response said, yes, administration needs to take responsibility. The teachers that knew him warned administrators, this happens all the time. Kid gets sent to the office for behavior, and the administration sends him right back to the classroom with, no kidding, chips and a drink. Okay, I'm going to pause here for a second. I, I agree that see something, say something, administration takes responsibility to an to an extent. Um, but when you are responsible, here's my question. When you're responsible for hundreds of kids every day, their behavior, their academics, um, their, their actions in the classroom, their actions outside of the classroom to an extent, how do you do it? How do you do it all? How do you blame a teacher or blame an administrator who did in fact report this, who did go through the channels that are in place and still this happened? Maybe a search of the uh, in this case, which would have revealed him him hiding the weapon on school property, but or having the weapon in his backpack, maybe that I, I don't know. It just seems a little uh, I don't know. We're already having trouble keeping and um, attracting and keeping quality teachers. I don't know that to say that they are partially responsible for violence in the classroom is or to hold them criminal potentially criminally liable is a way to say. 
Hey, come join us as an educator. I, I don't know that that works. That's just me. Okay. Um, the next response says, so tough, such a gray area. Now that we know what his intentions were, it's easy to say, oh, yes, of course they knew and did nothing. But I think everyone out there just living their everyday life is trying to do their best and not make school like a military zone for kids. Yes. Okay. May I say this? Uh, I was volunteering at recess the other day for our kids and um, it's shocking how news events of the day shape your anxieties and your worries as a parent. I mean, it's sad that we we are there and I'm thinking, oh my God, what are the entry points? What are the exit points? What safety, what red alert safety plans do they have in place should something happen? And look, you know, this school here that I drive past every day is is easily accessible by a public road. And what if somebody, it is so sad that we are at the point where we have to wonder that or think about that. We have to think about access points. And I hear my four-year-old, she's in pre-K, she comes home and they have a they have an emergency drill. My other daughter's talking. I mean, this is great. I'm not saying this is bad, that this is unfortunately necessary, but God, it's freaking depressing. Um, and she said, our poor teachers, man, which is to me, that summarizes the whole thing. Um, this one is a really interesting one too. Uh, people will stop at nothing to protect the poor, innocent guns, won't they? Yes, the parents should be charged. The school district, though, that seems like a stretch. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. And then, um, did it? This is the final one that I'll share, and then we'll move on to some other news. Uh, I feel like at least the one teacher who saw the drawing and turned it in had the kid and had the kid go to the principal, did their job. I personally feel like the buck starts and stops with the principal. How could they, one, not search his stuff, and two, he shouldn't have had the opportunity to even stay in school. His parents should have been made to take him home immediately, and he shouldn't have been allowed back without some type of intervention. Pause for Sunday's editorial comment. According to the research that I've done, the school administration did throw up the red flag to the parents and say that he needed to be within professional therapy within 48 hours of those incidents being reported. And the parents refused to pick him up from school and also did not show any initiative when it came to scheduling those outside therapy sessions. So I do think there was an effort made on the part of the school. Returning to this comment here. Um, not only that, but I'm also positive that in, a, in that state, a handgun is illegal for a minor to have that was bought and given to him, and that is trash, too. Amen, sister. Um, the whole thing is so horrific. I can't imagine. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Awful. Anyway, um, you know, first of all, thank you, guys. That was just a sampling of some of the responses that I reposted on Instagram. But I'm just so encouraged knowing that um, on this podcast and on my Instagram that you guys are interested in diving into some of the ickier, harder topics as well. You know, we love a good superficial moment here on We Gotta Talk, but so many of us are parents or people with with stakes in children somehow and, and their well-being and their happiness. And I just really love the um, the response that I get and, and the perspectives that I get when it comes to um, some of these harder topics. So anyway, let's pop up in Daily Mail and do a little game of What's in the news today? Okay, let's see. Jussie Smollett Smollett reveals CNN's Don Lemon warned him via text in 2019 that cops didn't believe his story that he was assaulted. Oh, God. First reaction. CNN is on a roll these days between Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. We like to become the story at CNN, apparently, when we're on the air. Listen, I worked for 15 years in television news, and I did not work at that level. And I can tell you, there are people who are in TV news because they want to be on TV, right? And that tends to be the type of person that involves themselves in the story. Um, and then there are people who are on TV because they genuinely care about 
sharing good information or who um, have a passion for breaking down big issues and analyzing and then understanding them. But I think we can all guess where the Chris, Chris Cuomo's and Don Lemon's fit into that. And listen, this isn't a knock on, this isn't some liberal versus conservative thing. I think all of TV news is fucked right now. And that comes from somebody who spent 15 years in the industry. So yay. I said it before. I'll say it again. Um, sometimes those are our only ways to access information. And I'm not saying that every version of TV news, because um, I'm a huge believer in the value of local news uh, still. I think those are our most valuable assets or our local news outlets. But if you are not deliberately flipping the channel to get various perspectives, then you are being brainwashed. So please, this should be a reminder, an example, that the news you consume impacts the way you look at the world. So be deliberate about how you consume, whose news you consume. We have the benefit of um, having so many different types of digital outlets these days between podcasts and YouTube live streams and, you know, um, even Substacks. Like, journalists are striking out on their own and starting their own Substacks. And I can't recommend highly enough I'll link a couple in show notes that I like and listen to, but seek out those independent journalists because unfortunately it's, it's going to continue to be a shit show on many levels of, of network TV news. Um, until, well, until who knows when, uh, next headline fury as transgender UPenn swimmer 22, who used to compete as a man smashes two U S women's records. In competition. Okay, let's click through here. Her name is Leah Thomas. She's 22. She won the freestyle, the 1650 freestyle, which is a long ass race, and beat her closest rival. Oh my God, by 38 seconds. That's like a lifetime. Side note, <laughs> when I was a swimmer in middle school, God love my slow twitch muscle soul. I, I thought that I was a competitor. I thought I really had it in me. I was in that race, like whatever it was, the long freestyle one, in the entire pool, like gymnasium or whatever it was, had to wait <laughs> like seven minutes for me to finish my laps. My mom was cheering me on. Uh, I was the only one left swimming. So anyway, really long race, all of that to say. Um, Thomas previously competed for the school's men's team for three years. Oh, this is interesting. Her last men's competition was in November of 2019. Okay, so here are the rules in the NCAA. Apparently, they say that um, a trans athlete can take part in their new you know, their new genders sports if they've completed a year of testosterone suppression treatment. So in this case, he, when Leah was a man, was competing on the men's team and transitioned, did that whole year of testosterone suppression treatment and is now competing as a woman. 38 seconds. Okay. Here's my initial thoughts on this. We're doing quick reactions here. So I'm just going to lay it to you straight. Um, uh, you are a man. When you're, by the time you're in college, you are a full-on man, physically speaking. Most of your physical development has happened. Um, if you are a man, if you know a man, if you have touched a man's body, this is getting weirdly sexual. I promise it's not going in that direction. You know that they are solid. They are made of different things than we women are. And it's wonderful and it's beautiful. And, you know, we are different um, for a reason. Ah! I'm not going to say I don't have a problem with this on some level. Um, I think it's wonderful. I fully support the transgender community and people's individual abilities to transition or to live and express themselves in any way that they feel appropriately sort of reflect who they are on the inside. But I don't, is a year of testosterone suppression treatment enough? 
I mean, when you're 20 years old and you're a competitive collegiate athlete at that level, and you only spend one year sort of, and I'm, I'm putting this in quotes, reversing the impact of testosterone, hasn't much of that already, hasn't, this is a question for anyone who might have any medical knowledge, hasn't most of the medical, I'm not medical, uh, physical development happened by age 20? Haven't the, hasn't the bone density developed in a different way than a, than a biological woman's? Hasn't, hasn't the muscle formed in different ways? I mean, right? I, I don't know. I would love to do more research on this. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. If my daughter were on that team or if she were the second place person, I'd kind of be like, huh, I don't know how I feel about this. All right, let's scroll and get something a little lighter because I know I'm going to get burned for saying that. Um, but seriously, this is a call to understand that more to, to a lay to a lay person. And let me say this. More discussion could help here because to a lay person that feels. What's the word I'm looking for? I excessive, right? To, um, you know. I don't know what I'm looking what the word I'm looking for here is not excessive, but it feels it feels strange, right? Clearly there's a, a, a giant physical difference in, in ability between these two people. But I want to know from any medical perspectives out there, what is already locked in place by the time someone is 20? And is it really reversible in any way? I, I think there's a lot, a lot that we're gonna continue to that that organizations and sports organizations are gonna continue to decide when it comes to trans athletes that will will fluctuate and it will be based around our the scientific understanding of what happens to bodies as we age and develop. And I just want to know if any, here's what I'm trying to say. Word vomit, Sunny. I'm trying to say if you're a doctor, if you're anyone who has perspective on this, hit me up. Um, let's have an open conversation about it. Help me understand. Help me help you. Um, all right, let's scroll. Let's get a little something fun here. Okay, let's open up the Showbiz app here. Uh, what is this? Oh, God. Khloe Kardashian shows off sympathy flowers from Scott Disick after serial cheater Tristan Thompson fathered a third child. Can, can we talk about this? First of all, let me go on record saying adore Chloe. I adore her vibe, her sense of humor, the ability she has to keep her sisters in check. Love her. We need to move on. Chloe, Chloe, this is not, I have gone back with, che with cheaters before my, that's a statement on my dating life, not my married life. And listen, I'm not saying I'm above it. I'm not saying that I think it's some evolved stance that, you know, I think you're a better person if you realize lesson and walk away, because oftentimes I do think people deserve second chances, but she's too good for him. Chloe move on, please. <laughs> oh, this is sad. Prince Harry and Charles have barely spoken in months. Relations hit an all-time low after Megxit, which apparently is a now an inappropriate thing to say. They're calling it sus-exit because they said Megxit is too misogynistic because it targets Meghan only and it has no reflection on Harry's involvement in their exit. So whatever, we'll call it sus-exit. After accusations of royal racism and blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's, ooh, I have so many thoughts on this. Do you have thoughts on this? Do you spend your time worrying about royal drama like I do? <laughs> I think Harry is in the clutches of a full-on, long-term mental breakdown of sorts. And I say that with compassion as a person who's currently um, in professional therapy and is always working on my mental health somehow. Um, I 
think that someone who has so who has appeared to let's say it let's say it that way because we we don't personally know who appears to have so rapidly severed ties with everything that he was familiar with or everyone that he's related to screams to me of some type of personal emergency. I don't know if that's true. I do know that no one's family is perfect. And I think there's something to be said for partners who help you to evolve in positive ways and to help you to maybe find your 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 passion in life or help you hone in on something that you hadn't previously understood breaking generational trauma we're all about the breaking generational trauma here um you have to listen to a couple of episodes of sisterly podcast that's the one i do with my sister and we talk all about the importance of evolution and working beyond your the past generations emotional restrictions and limitations and issues and and finding ways to grow All that being said, I don't think it's healthy for someone to completely renounce everything that he or she was raised with and and do so in such a public way. I feel that there it's just some something in the milk ain't clean. You know what I mean? I feel like I don't know. I don't know who knows what's going to happen with him in how many ever years. But as a parent and as a parent, if you're you know, if you have a child, you know, this we, we screw up all the time. Um, There is no perfect relationship between a a parent and a child. It breaks my heart that, you know, Prince Charles and and Harry and even his brother to an extent are all being just painted in this drama where they're opposing characters, where they're fighting with each other. It's just, it's very sad to me. And I think it's a real reminder to us as children to be kind to our parents. As you're an adult, you begin to realize and you begin to reflect on your life and you look back and you say, okay, they got it right here and they didn't get it right here. And here's where I'd like to change. But is that a reason to completely break ties? Is that a reason to never speak for months and months and months and months at a time when you were previously close? I I don't know that that's the answer. To me, that's holding... um, someone unduly and unnecessarily accountable for too many things. That's looking at your parent through the reflection of, of today. We don't, we have the benefit now of understanding that some things maybe weren't right when we were, you know, right according to today's standards when we were growing up, but you kind of like, I think we need grace. And that's not to say that you keep damaging, mentally damaging family members in your life and and you engage with them on a regular basis just for because they're family, because there really is something to be said for the fact that um, their actions matter and family is is who shows you love, not just who's your blood. But I don't know. That's sad to me. And, and from what appeared to be a previously really tight family to this just family in disarray, I find it to be very, very sad. Um do, 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 do. Oh, God. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is pregnant. She's always good for a good headline. Let's see what this says. I had a ton of sex. Pregnant Jennifer Lawrence jokes about how she spent her three-year hiatus from acting. Oh, I thought this was going to be a story about how she had sex a lot when she was pregnant. Okay, never mind. Because I, I, apparently that happens with some people. And it's, it's interesting to me. <laughs> Just going to leave it there. Um, okay, let's do a quick beauty roundup before we finish up this solo episode. Um, I did an episode a couple of weeks back on devices. I've been going in hard on the skincare devices lately. I was not a device person for a long time because I wasn't, I never really made the time to use them and therefore see any of their benefits. But lately I have been going in hard on my droplets, um, 
my tripolar, which is an, a radio frequency device. And I also just got sent the new face microcurrent device to try as well. So I'm going to report back to you on Instagram. I posted a link. If you're listening to this within the next couple of days, the new face, which is that handheld uh, microcurrent device, which is really good for facial toning and lifting, apparently, if you use it on a regular basis, um, is 25% off. So I will um, just find it on my grin. It's me holding the thing up to my face. Um, it's like got these giant metal balls on the end. Not giant. They're I don't know, like a bouncy ball size. And it's a little blue device. So curious if anybody out there has used it, liked it, and um, what you think about it. All right, rounding things off today. In the spirit of Christmas, in the spirit of Black Friday, shit that I buy that Andrew says, why? Should we make that a segment? I think we should. Um, okay, this is along the veins of beauty treatments. I actually just thought of this because we were talking about the new face and devices and do they work. I splurged this year um, on the higher dose PEMF mat. So higher dose is a company that makes those infrared blankets. It's like a sleeping bag with sauna infrared energy. You go in and you like sweat it out. I got the device that's like a mat that has infrared vibes coming out of it. And then PEMF, which we should know this because we're recording a podcast live, but let's see. What is PEMF? I forget what it's called. Pulsed electromagnetic therapy. Okay. So I did this at the chiropractor. I love it. I It's supposed to help um, with cellular dysfunction, kind of reset your cells and stimulate them and get them like back in action. I'm telling you, I'm a sucker for this kind of shit, you know, but I do believe that when I use this, I felt a sense of alignment. So looking forward to seeing if the higher dose mat works. Um, it was on sale for Black Friday. This is the best time of year to buy all the hokey stuff that you're like, eh, does it work? Does it not? I'm looking forward to trying it, to be honest. And I racked up a bunch of points on my hidden credit card. And um, my hidden credit card, by the way, is the credit card that you have that is still in your maiden name <laughs> that you use for hidden purchases. <laughs> when you don't want your Amex alert to go off on your spouse's phone, you use, we call it the college credit card around here. And mine is a Discover card. So that bitch is getting a workout lately. Between Black Friday and Cyber Monday, college credit card is in full effect. I vacillate between using college credit card because I don't feel like answering why I bought something. And mind you, I'm not a, like a super shoppy person. I'm not buying stuff all the time. But when I do, I don't want questions about it, okay? So I vacillate between using college credit card and then just using the Amex and being like, yeah, come at me, bro. Like what? Because he'll get the alert and he'll, of course, be like, oh, looks like we have some fraud activity. Wink, wink on the Amex. So anyway, I use my college credit card for this because I don't want to be dealing with the um with the questions. And the other thing, <laughs> hold on, I got to look this up. Um, so <laughs> if you know me, you know that I am obsessed with, I have medical anxiety. We've been over this before. I'm obsessed with minimizing our exposure to EMF. So electromagnetic, the electromagnetic field, things that, the, the energy that emanates from these devices that we literally strap to our bodies every day. I'm weird. I know it. You don't have to tell me. But I got these devices that are EMF, not devices, these like stick on things that are supposedly made to protect you from the harmful effects of EMF. I should mention as a side note here, Andrew used to keep a tinfoil hat in our closet and put it on his head when I would when I would talk about this stuff. I believe 
that history will look fondly on my kooky thoughts and reveal me to be the greater genius here because I do think there's something to be said for this bath of of EMF that we're all just like bathing in every day. Anyhow, another um why did she buy it? But she did purchase were these devices that you're going to stick to the back or that we're going to stick to the back of our devices here. So um, it's like an self-adhesive, um, like almost like a postage stamp size device. And you stick it to the back of your iPad, iPhone, and it's supposed to reduce the effects of EMF radiation. So will it work? We'll see in about 40 years if I have a massive head tumor from pressing my phone up. Oh, this is another thing, too. For anybody out there who is into this kind of thing, um, I say it's hokey, but listen, I believe it, okay? I wouldn't do this and spend my hard-earned, very, very, very um, sparse podcast money on this stuff if I didn't believe in it. If you wear AirPods quite a bit, there's this thing called the Wave block. I'm looking it up. Sorry for all the typing in the background, but you know what I mean? We got to do the research while we chat here. So there are these things called um, wave block and they are at their, their stickers. They go on the stem of your AirPod and they actually divert the EMF that otherwise would be going into your head. Um, I'm one of those weirdos that still when possible, uses the wired connection. I use the, the the headphones that plug into my phone. But if you have to use AirPods, I'll put this all in there. You know, you guys are going to judge me after this. I know you will. But this is what it's like. This is what it's like to live in my mind. Just all the ways that I can. I joked about this before. What? How am I going to die today? And this is the result of that, searching out all sorts of ways to protect myself. But anyway, if you're into this kind of stuff, this is how I'm spending my money lately. Skincare devices and EMF blocking things. So yay for medical anxiety. Next solo episode, by the way, I'll bring you an update on that. Um, I got a surprising uh, amount of questions about the medical anxiety course that I'm doing online right now. It's this way up and it's through Australia's Department of Health. They're like public Department of Health. Um, I'll get you more info if you still want to know, but I've had multiple people ask what it is and where to find it. So I'm going to talk to my therapist. I'm halfway through the course. It's going great. I'm only down to like worrying 50% of the time of all the various ways that I'm going to die. So it's great. You know what? Welcome to my mind. Welcome to my world. Um, that's it. All links will be in show notes, guys. Thank you so much excuse me, for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Let me know during these solo episodes if you guys want to hear more news-oriented things, if you want to hear more pop culture, if you want to hear more beauty talk. I, we can do it all. Anything you want. Um, anything you want, you got it. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I, A-B-A-T-T-A. All of the latest blog posts are at wegotatalk.com slash blog. <laughs>